Hey, have a seat. Guys, I went long with that prayer, okay? So we've got about 18 minutes. Are you ready? You think we can do this? Amen. I, I lived in a town one time where the Methodist pra- pastor in that small town was a stutterer. And once a year, when he sang, he never stuttered. And once a year, he would sing his sermon. You think I can do it? Let me pray about that. Maybe we'll look at that for 2018. But, but we're going to lock and load this morning, and we're going to get to it. Greg Lewis, it's good to see you here. You all dressed up. You look great. Got a suit coat on. You're ready, aren't you? Amen. One of your real-life missionaries right there, Greg Lewis. Glad you're here. We're in this series entitled Weirdos, and we're going to wrap it up today. Amen. We're looking for weirdos this Christmas season here at 1910 Church. Now, before you get all upset with me and write me off, let me remind you what our definition is of a weirdo. A weirdo is a person who is extraordinarily strange or eccentric. The dictionary says it's a person whose dress or behavior might seem strange or eccentric. That word eccentric means odd, bizarre, abnormal, freakish. A person who's eccentric oftentimes is considered a misfit. Anybody ever fallen into this category growing up, right? You just didn't fit in. And and isn't it crazy how society tries to make us conform to it? And so many of you in this room, somebody labeled you this or that or whatever, and, and they said, hey, listen, you can't be that. You need to be like this. And I apologize to you for that. We, we have a way of doing that to people. We are all unique, creative individuals, aren't we? We're all different, right? And, 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 and for some of us, we, we, we've bought into this lie that we just have to fit in. We, we, instead of sitting on the end of the bench, we need to slide down and just kind of fit in with the rest of the team so that we can be accepted. Not many people want to live, what I would say, on the fringe of society these days. But I believe that, that, that the fringe is where the world is changed. I shared this on the town square last Sunday night. The fringe is where the world changed. In fact, it was where the world was once turned upside down by this man named Jesus. A total weirdo. Jesus didn't, he, he refused to fit in with his society, didn't he? He refused to, to listen to, to the religious leaders or, or the scholars or, 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 or other um, uh, kingdom rulers that said, this is what you must do. I'm thankful for other examples that we find throughout scripture like a Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that said, no, we will not bow. I'm so thankful for, for women like Anna who prayed and fasted, who, who, who I'm thankful for guys like John the Baptist and, and, and Paul. They were just weird. They, st- they chose to live on the fringe. And even the one we worship today, Jesus, he wasn't ashamed of being outside the accepted norms of society. In fact, he was drawn there because he chose to live on the fringe. It turned the world upside down. It turned the world on its axis. And his weirdness forever changed history. And so here's what we've been challenging you for for this Christmas season. And I want to continue. I I want to challenge you to challenge the norm. I I want you to challenge the norm. I want you to stand up to, to ridiculous expectations of fitting in. Because you just never know how doing so might lead you one day to change 
the world. Weirdos. We've been looking at a passage of scripture in 1 Peter chapter 2 that says this. Friends, this world is not your home. And so don't make yourselves cozy in it. Don't indulge your ego at the expense of your soul. Live an exemplary life among the natives so that your actions will refute their prejudices. Then they'll be won over to God's side and and be there to join the celebration when he arrives. Scripture in many translations calls us foreigners and aliens. It says we're strangers. The bottom line is that Peter's wanting us to understand that this world in which we live in right now is not our home. We're just passing through. We weren't made for this place. We were made to live here, but to change this place during our time here. But make no mistake about it. You know that you were created for heaven. You were. You were created so that one day you could spend eternity in the presence of God the Father himself. Heaven. But until then, he's blessed us and he's given us an opportunity to live weird on this thing called earth. And he wants us to stand out. He wants us to be a city set on a hill, a light that cannot be hidden. He wants us to be salt, bringing out the God flavors of the world. We're to live different because this world is not our home. We're strangers. We're aliens. We're we're, we're foreigners here. Heaven is our home. And you know heaven was made for people. Hell was made for the devil, right? Hell was not made for people. People choose hell by refusing to accept Jesus. Did you hear that? People choose hell. God doesn't send people to hell. People send themselves there by refusing to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. But you need to know that hell was not created for people. It was created for the devil. Man, I could preach on that all day, right? We could. But there's another message for us today. We're foreigners, we're strangers, we're aliens. This is not our home. Peter says, don't make yourself cozy here. And that's my fear, is that some of us have gotten just a little too cozy with our culture today. Am I talking to anybody? I have a question for you this morning. You ready? You sit down for this. How do people know that you're a Christian? I know. It's the fish symbol on the back of your car, right? Or or the NTC. That's what I'm talking about. Now, how do people know that you're a Christian? That's a big question, isn't it? Here's the deal. People can't see your heart. They can't see your faith. But they can see the results of it. They can see the results of it. Jesus says this in Matthew chapter 7, verse 20. Just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can also identify people by their what? Their actions. Not their words. Because there are a lot of people that can talk a big game when it comes to Jesus. But no, Jesus says you can identify people By their actions. You see, the only way someone can determine whether you are a follower of Jesus is not merely by the profession of him that you've made, but by the evidence they see in your life. Do people see the evidence of Jesus in you? 
That's how they determine that we're followers of him. See, that's why we're talking about being weird and not blending in and fitting with the culture. Listen, the times in which we live demand that we as the blood-bought, the redeemed believers in Jesus Christ live a little differently. We ought to stand out. We, we, We ought to be the weirdos in our culture. They ought to be able to see who we belong to. We, 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 the evidence they see in our lives should be spiritual fruit. You know, when people commit themselves to, 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 to Jesus Christ, God's powerful Holy Spirit moves into that person's life and into their, 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 their personality. And, and the Holy Spirit begins to produce these personal qualities of Jesus himself in someone that, that, that without him in our lives, the normal person, you can't produce these qualities that Jesus wants to bring in you. When I say yes to Jesus, his Holy Spirit comes into me and begins to transform me, Johnny Tanner. A metamorphosis begins to take place. The old becomes new and and, and I begin to change. God begins to produce some things in my life that on my own, I am not able to produce these things. It makes me look more like Jesus I not only sound more like Jesus, but, but I begin to act and think and behave. And, 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 and people get a clear picture as to who Jesus is by the life that I live. The, these things that, 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 that the Holy Spirit begins to produce in my life, the Bible calls those, those characteristics the fruit of the Spirit. I said the fruit, not the fruits. It's the fruit. It's the fruit of the Spirit. We're going to talk more about that today. And then this thing called spiritual fruit is important. We're, we're, we're not just making it up and it's not just a be, part of this be the tree thing and a great t-shirt you can buy at Restore or, or, or what. No, no. Spiritual fruit is important because listen to what Jesus says in John chapter 15. He says this, you didn't choose me, I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit. So that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. What what, what Jesus is saying here in, in John chapter 15, verse 16, he's saying this. I want there to be fruit in your life. I want there to be fruit in your life. You say yes to Jesus and he, he saves you and he forgives you, cleanses you of all. Listen, that's great. Heaven is your home. That's absolutely. But listen, make no, there is something that he wants to do in your life. There's something he wants to produce in you. And it's this, what the scripture calls spiritual fruit. What is this fruit? Well, in the book of Galatians chapter 5, he gives us the answer. The nine great traits that the Holy Spirit of God wants to produce in the life of every believer. Say every, every. This is not just for the uber spiritual or for those that just go to church or, or give or count their blessings. or what. No, no, this is for every believer. The Holy Spirit of God wants to do in your life what I'm about to read to you in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. You ready for this? Look what it says. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Who produces it? Holy Spirit, not me. Not not me. The Holy Spirit does this. This is the kind of fruit he produces. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. 
I, I love that last sentence. Because listen, you're not going to find yourself getting in trouble for living this type of life. If you're producing this fruit, listen, there is no threat of you being, 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 being accused or thrown in for negligent living or, or, or mistreating people. No, no, no. There's no law against this fruit that we read about here that the Holy Spirit wants to produce. That's the fruit he wants to produce. That's great. How do we produce it? Well, you, you, you buy a bed out here at the Providence Community Garden right behind me here. No. Here's how this fruit is produced in our lives. First of all, who produces it? The Holy Spirit. So here's how the fruit. We bear this fruit by walking in communion with Jesus. By staying close to him. Yeah. You see, this fruit that the Holy Spirit of God wants to produce in every believer's life, it's produced as we stay in communion and union with Jesus. As we walk closely by him. You know, in a room this size, there are some of you that have this fruit in you. I see it. Because I know that you spend time and you walk closely to Jesus. And there are some of you here this morning say, you know what, man, I, I wish I had that fruit. I just don't have it. You know what the problem is? It's not that God doesn't want to give that to you. But the problem just might be that you're not walking closely with him right now. You see, it takes time for this fruit to be produced. And, and these 70 minutes once a week on a Sunday are not enough for you to produce this kind of fruit. You see, it's a daily walking. It's a daily union. It is a moment-by-moment moment communion and, and union with Jesus Christ. And the result of that type of relationship is this fruit that we read about in Galatians chapter 5. You want the fruit? Stay close to Jesus. You want to produce these nine great traits? You want to be a person filled with the Spirit? Stay close to Jesus. Spoiler alert. More about this next Sunday. But listen, that's where the fruit comes from. I, I wish today that, that, that we could give you a, a platter of something for you to digest that would produce this fruit in you. But the reality is we can't do this. This spiritual fruit is produced from walking step by step with Jesus Christ. Amen? Now, what does this spiritual fruit have to do with weirdos? I'm glad y'all were thinking that. And I thought you might think that question. So, so I want to share with you what this fruit looks like played out in our culture today. The, 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 the fruit, one of the traits was mentioned was love, right? That was the very first one. We could drop the mic right there and just go home. Hey, what would happen if we started loving people the way that Jesus loves people? That, that, that's all really the world needs. Didn't somebody sing that years ago? What the world needs now is love, sweet love. It's the only thing. Uh, who sang that? Who? Burt Bacharach, Dionne Warwick. Okay, they're kind of similar, yeah. <laughs> love. 
Love in our culture today looks extremely strange because we love others even when others seem unlovable. Wow. Easier said than done, right? Come on, how many of you say, man, it's not hard for me. I just love people even when they're unlovable. Man, we... I want to encourage you with something today, though. Remember this weirdo Jesus that I mentioned to you? If you read anything about his life throughout the Gospels, the Gospels are those first four books of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You're going to find that time and time again, Jesus loved people even when they were unlovable. He just loved people. And so we steal a page from his playbook. We model our lives based on who Jesus is. He loved. See, that's weird in our culture today, right? It's easy for us to love people when they love us. But what about the person that does not show love? And oh, just let me remind you. Scripture says that the greatest demonstration of love is when a man lays down his life for someone else. Do you realize that Jesus hung on the cross for those, there were a few, a handful there present that day that loved him, but the majority didn't. It'd be weird for us to love the unlovable, wouldn't it? What about this trait called joy? Joy, being joyful despite the circumstances around you. You, You will hear us say this time and time again here at 1910 Church. Joy is based on Jesus. You see, for so many of us, we, we, we just want to be happy. Be happy, be happy, be happy. No, no. Happy, happiness is based on happenings. And as long as the things around me are good and, and the happenings are, are, are good, I can be happy. But, but what, happen, what happens when things around you are the pits? And I just hate to, to, to burst your bubble, but life doesn't always go your way. You lose a job. Relationships dissolve. Death comes. Diagnoses are, 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 are ugly sometimes. Sometimes there's not a, an excess of money in the bank. Sometimes life just doesn't go our way. And if all we do is focus on the happenings around us, I'm telling you, man, it is a bleak and dismal outlook, isn't it? That's why we encourage you so oftentimes to say yes to Jesus because Jesus plants something in us that that is not based on the happenings. It is joy. I sat with a family last night, the Merchant family. Richard Merchant passed away uh, two days ago, three days ago. It was so encouraging last night to sit with the family that in the midst of losing, losing a father and a husband and a grandpa, a brother, there's still joy and laughter in that home. You see, they get it. Does their heart hurt? Absolutely. But they understand who Jesus is as well. Joy. What about this thing called peace? Now, what would happen if we begin to provide a calming peace to people around us. Remember the song that we sang on the town square the other night and probably one of the greatest Christmas carols of all night, Silent Night? And that song talks about how it was quiet and there wasn't a lot going on except the cattle lowing or maybe the munching of hay or maybe a, a few coos or, or from, from a, a newborn baby to a manger. It was a silent night. 
There wasn't a lot of fanfare. There wasn't a big, majestic announcement via social media or whatever that day. It was a silent night. All is calm. You see, that's what Jesus does, isn't it? He brings peace. And he comes into any situation that you face and he just brings So I can speak to the wind and the waves and say, shh. And right now, your life might be in turmoil. And there might be a storm raging, but I'm telling you, there's peace in Jesus. You see, this peace is one of these traits the Holy Spirit produces in us. And Jesus wants to be that, wants us to be that peace in the midst of chaos. Patience. Oh, I know none of us need help with that one, do we? No, yeah, we do. How is that extremely strange in our culture in which we live in? We're demonstrating patience even in the chaos. Listen, we live in a world, I hate to to, to ruin it for you, but we live in a world that is in constant chaos and frustration. There's always going to be some agitation somewhere. You know that, right? Until the Lord comes back, we will live in an agitated state. We're going to have to develop some patience. We're going to have to know that, hey, hey, again, this world is not our home. We're just passing through. But even in the midst of this, God, we trust you. We know that in the midst of chaos and confusion, Lord, would you help us to be patient? You ever prayed for someone to make better life choices? And the time and time again, they don't do it. And it can be so dadgum frustrating, Right? But for many of you, you hung on to that person and you waited and you patiently waited. Maybe you're a parent and you prayed hard for your kids or, or, or there was, you, you, you were patient and then hopefully you've seen God step in and do a great work in one of those situations you've been patient in, right? Listen, the Holy Spirit wants to produce this trait in us. Listen, we will always be outnumbered as believers, and we, 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 there will, we will always experience things that, that fly in the face of God's perfect plan and perfect will while we're here on earth. We will. We're going to have to learn to develop this thing called patience and let the Spirit produce that. And we're going to face setbacks and challenges, but we're not going to be defeated by that or dejected. Holy Spirit produced that in us. What about kindness? That's extremely strange in our culture today. Being kind to one another, even when other people aren't so kind to us, right? You know anybody like that? Hey, can I encourage you with something? Just do it. Just be kind to people. Hey, the waiter's going to screw up your meal, guaranteed. I I was at a a, a, a high-end restaurant in Dallas this week. It was a pizza place, high-end pizza. And I wanted a margarita pizza. Family next to the people we were with ordered pizza. So I'm thinking, okay, we're placing pizzas. I said, I want a margarita. Guess what shows up to my table? Not a margarita pizza, but a margarita. And it was lousy. It was bad. It was. I just, I felt like I had to be a good steward of what they brought. And I needed, it was horrible. Listen, people are going to screw up things. They're going to mess the check up. They're not, your, your glass is going to be empty. It's, listen, just be kind. 
No one's ever rejected kindness. People like that. It might make them feel odd, weird, and uncomfortable in the moment. But I'm telling you, when they step back and move away from that situation, they say, you know what? Hey, Jesus would just be kind to people. He would. He would. Even when he got angry, he was still did it in a kind way, right? But goodness. Listen, goodness is not advocating perfection, but it's genuinely striving to be a better person. Listen, are you a better person December the 31st of 2017 than you were January the 1st of 2017? Have you grown this year? Are, are you a better person? That's goodness. Husbands, are you a better husband or have you digressed? Are you a better parent? Are you a better coworker? Not striving for perfection, but have you gotten better? Are you striving for goodness? I, I want to grow. I want to become better than I was. What about faithfulness? Standing firm with loyalty and, and commitment to Jesus Christ, even when others are rejecting what's true. Hey, you know what our culture needs today? Just needs some men and women that will just have some guts. That we're going to stand up for what's right. Even when people are saying, no, 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 we need to be more accepting. We need to be more tolerant. No, we don't. Right is always right. Now, we don't have to be a jerk about being right. In fact, I think that's probably gentleness. That's the next fruit or trait, right, in the fruit of the Spirit. We don't need to be wimpy, but we, but we need to carefully balance strength and truth with grace and love. We need some people with guts. We need some people that, that, that can... Listen, Jesus, oh man, he had, every, he had every right for us just to read the Gospels and find an angry, upset rabbi. But we don't find that in him. We don't find that. Self-control. Disciplining, my, disciplining myself to, to, to live out this strange, weird life. That Listen, this is the fruit that the Holy Spirit wants to produce in you. And, and let me just remind you that. We cannot make our life and our works match without the aid of the Holy Spirit. He's going to have to do this in us. In fact, for some of you, when I read one of those traits, you went like, oh. And, and here's what many of you are like. I like that one and that one and that one, but I, you know, there's no way. that The Holy Spirit can do this in us. In fact, I, I, I'm reminded that, 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 that even Jesus in his own ministry was was carried by the power of the Holy Spirit at work within him. I, I remember when that time when he was accused of, of, of casting out demons through Beelzebub. Jesus said that I performed this miracle by the Holy Spirit at work in me. You see, when we are walking with Jesus Christ and relying on the Holy Spirit in us, we will have a different lifestyle than the rest of the world. Would you let the Spirit of God produce the fruit of the Spirit in you? Suppose someone asks one of your unbelieving friends, 
What is a Christian supposed to look like? Would your friend point to you and say, a Christian looks just like that? That's what a Christian looks like. Looks like Laura. You see Laura? That's what a Christian looks like. See Greg? That's what a Christian looks like. See Russ? Yeah. You want to know what a Christian looks like? You look at Russ Hines. That's it. Would they say that about you? You see, what we really need is to bear spiritual fruit in our lives so that other people can say without a doubt, now there goes a follower of Jesus Christ. Listen, you're not alone if you sometimes feel a little out of place as a Christian. This world that we live in as a whole has a disregard for God. But knowing that we are strangers here means that we live with different priorities and loyalties. You see, this is not our home. Our citizenship is in heaven. And our focus while we're here on earth, just passing through, should be to live a life that is pleasing to God. And that may mean that sometimes we, we, we have to make unpopular or sacrificial choices. But all the while, we're going to remain faithful to Him. God is looking for some weirdos. Some people who will just live a little abnormal life. Would you stand with me today as I pray over you and I'm praying that God we would live different lives Father I'm praying that, 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 that we would understand the life that you've mapped out and set out for us to live and God that we would without fear of consequences without fear of any rejection or, or ridicule that we may face Lord that we would just say hey this is the life that my Savior Lived and I choose to model my life after Him. Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to produce the fruit of the Spirit in me. Holy Spirit, I'm asking that every believer in this room would, would allow you to well up within them and, and do a great and awesome work, Father. That we would live strange lives here. That, that, that when people look at us, they would get a clear picture as to what a Christian is by the life that we live. Father, I pray that we would not give in to what other people tell us is normal and this is how we're supposed to live. No, let us set our sights on you, Jesus, and live as you would. I pray that we would walk closely with you in communion, sweet union, each and every day, moment by moment. And as we do, fruit will be produced in us. And it is all for your glory. We want to put you on display, Lord, for people to see. May they be attracted to you by the lives they see us living. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you guys. I'll see you next year.